0: Welcome to this podcast thingy that we do on the dealy that you're listening to. Uh, <laughs> welcome to Reviews from the Crawl Space. This is episode 66.
1: 66.
0: Six. Spooktacular. I am Douglas. I'm Vicky. And on today's show, Vicky, what do we have?
1: Um, we have three winners. A real
0: fucking shit show. <laughs> <laughs> oh, sorry. Fudging crap show. <laughs> A real fist fuck. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> I was just are you,
1: are you done?
0: <laughs> oh, for now, it's a warm up. I'm just like, just like me stretch my legs.
1: Okay. <laughs> All right. So the first album is "So Side Johnny" and the Asbury Jukes. The album is called "The Jukes." The Jukes. Uh, album two is Abba: The Arrival, and number three, Seals and Crofts' Greatest Hits.
0: Hmm. For me,
1: a little sliver of...
0: the little nostalgia is in there.
1: uh, Nostalgia and a little sliver of bright light after those other two. Mm. Anyways.
0: Mm -hmm. Yeah, i us just spoil it all right now. Uh, Since we're both doing it. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, start us off with with, uh, Southside, Southbound Johnny there.
1: Southside Johnny and the Asbury Jukes are a Jersey Shore musical group led by Southside Johnny. They've been recording albums since 1976 and are closely associated with Bruce Springsteen and the E Street Band. Um, As in, Springsteen has performed with them on numerous occasions. Stevie Van Zandt has been their band's co-leader, music writer, Writer. all other kinds of producer, all other kinds of things. Um, Many of the E Street Band members have performed with the Jukes. And have toured or recorded with the Jukes, and more than 100 musicians can claim that they have been band members over the years, including the likes of John Bon Jovi. <laughs> the Jukes was their fourth studio album released in 1979. Um, now, just as a side note, I guess they changed their name to The Poor Fools at some point, and now they've changed it back to The Asbury Duke Jukes. Yeah. And they just put out a new album in 2015 and went out on tours. Yeah, so they're still... They're still uh, active yeah. and around. Yeah,
0: for sure.
1: Uh, the producer of this album was Barry Beckett. He has 476 producing credits to his name. Mm. Etta James, Cher, Boss Skaggs, Lulu, Wilson Pickett, Aretha Franklin.
0: Well, there is definitely a, he's just definitely got a little I bit feel. of a, a feel in there. But yeah, that's quite, that's quite interesting.
1: But uh, yeah, interesting that he would be involved with these guys. So... <laughs> okay the track listing all i want is everything i'm so anxious paris security living in the real world side two your rip your ripley (laughs) your reply the time i remember last night wait in vain and vertigo the runtime of this album is 35 minutes and seven seconds Mm -hmm. and for context uh the before album was 1978 hearts of stone and the after album was 1979 having a party
0: hmm. have you had have you listened to these before Are these guys or the any of these songs or any of these albums
1: oh no this type of music is so out of my wheelhouse um i have heard of them Hm. But I have never listened to them until today.
0: Yeah, until we listened to this album, I'm the same way. I um, I wasn't familiar with them, and now that you like list, you know who they were—Bruce Springsteen—and uh, explains
1: why for exp- me, anyways.
0: Why I don't like them.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, I kind of fucking hate all that music anyway. So I'm not a Bon Jovi fan. I'm not a Bruce Springsteen fan. I don't like that kind of pop rock and this is this is all that this is like because we talked about it we talked about how it sounded like Bruce Springsteen we talked about how it sounded like uh, a shitty Elvis Costello it, sh- it sounded like a, like a knockoff of all these different kinds of music that we have already heard a million times and there's, yeah. it's done better and that better. we don't
1: or never have listened to as a rule
0: yes exactly yeah yeah yeah
1: so this was no bright shining light like last week Stevie Ray Vaughn where We'd never listened to him and
0: no, this definitely wasn't. Just to, thought, oh my god! Oh, wow. More, more, more! Like right away, like in the first song or so, especially in the second one, I think was like it starts off with all the saxophone and yeah. it's just like <laughs> fuck. It just like it was, and it was all the same too. That's the problem. And it's like it sets into a groove and it never changes out of that. Yeah, and it's it's just kind of all that same, and I don't I don't care. As far that. as I'm
1: concerned, <laughs> Bruce Bruce Springsteen became irrelevant uh, after the album where the song Candy's Room which is one of my favorite songs of his. Mm-hmm. And after that album, I stopped paying attention.
0: Hmm. I'm sure there's some in the collection. We'll be, probably all like we'll have like whole episodes of just Bruce Springsteen or something. Oh, God. Yeah, I know. Anyways, uh, I was yeah, just going to say, it's another one of these, uh, for me, it's another one of these mediocre rock albums. And, like, it's yeah, just it just sounds like a bar band that got and, a... Yeah, it's just that same shit. And I said, full of sax.
1: Got a bar band that got a record contract.
0: It gets to a point where the songs just become indistinguishable for me. And I couldn't find anything to recommend song-wise. There wasn't like even a single bright spot on the album to be like, "Hey, at least check this one out." It was just all the same shit. I'm so tired of these albums in the collection. I mean, I I mean, I realize they can't be all top 500 greatest albums of all time, and they can't be, you know, those golden gems. We have to we have to slog through some shit, especially when there's some shit
1: where where the collection is a pretty substantial size. Yes. And like I told your dad the other day. I'm so happy he uh, was into Prague because that's been our. I had a yeah, rock the rock as our, yeah. our bright and shiny spots.
0: <laughs> Definitely. So, uh, so yeah, uh, anything else you want to add about it? No. Yeah, me either. So the Jukes. Burn,
1: burn it with fire, How's that? Yeah,
0: the Jukes Sel- <laughs> South Side Johnny and the Asbury Jukes. Um, just so on, our an original title for an album. Pardon me. Um, Mercury Records, catalog SRM-1-3793, Canada 79. It's an original pressing with a printed lyric sleeve. Uh, The condition for the cover is good. Uh, The edges are starting to wear, though. I think out of all the three of this week, this is probably the most worn on the the edges. But it's good. Sleeve is good. The vinyl is actually very good. There's no scratches or scuffs. And the audio was... Oh, okay. Um, this seems to be a theme in the last little bit where it could use more low end. But it was decent. Decent separation. It's just a rock pop album from the 70s. Like it, they have a sound. <laughs> um, and like I said, it, it it's definitely not the worst of the day. It's definitely not the best of the day. So, Art direction uh, by Bob Heimel. Uh, Designed by Stephanie Zuras. And photos by Aram Gassar. <clears throat> so, Bob, who's been on the show previously, with The Doors 13 and Weird Scenes Inside the Gold Mine, is a painter, art director, and photog, with over 550 credits to his name, worked with the Mysterious AGI. And I say mysterious because a lot of artists have worked through that that art house, but I cannot find, after even after all these years and after all this time, I can't find any information about what exactly it was, or who started it, or
1: oh so they've been wiped off the face of the earth yeah because he... when he was
0: doing his AGI search on Google nothing. it's nothing to do with any of the yeah it, it's crazy huh. um, he's still active and his, some of his other some of his other works include uh, Harry Chapin Lou Rawls and The Kinks uh, and I'm sure he's going to be on the show again uh, looking at his his catalog I'm, he'll be he'll be on it again for sure uh, Stephanie not much is known about old Steph as I had written down Worked for AGI again, and has over 50 credits to her name. Uh, Golden Earring, Isaac Hayes, James Brown. Uh, Aram. Aram, I'm not sure how to say his name. He has eight credits to his name. David Sanborn, uh, George Benson, and this, and then some other stuff that is, like, super obscure. Never heard of. Uh, you. Okay. Yeah.
1: Discogs has 30 for sale from $3. 30 of this version. Yeah, yeah, version, yeah. 313 people have it, nine want it. It gets a rating of 3.21 out of five with 19 people chiming in. The resale value, $1. forty-eight, 4 $4.81, and
0: $8.99. Oh, one thing I wanna mention, sorry, you're on your roll, hold your spot there. Uh, on Spotify, if people are, I always suggest going to listen to a song or two from the album that we're talking about, even if we hate it. This one, be careful, because this one doesn't show up on Spotify as this album it's got the same cover but it's called something else and it's listed as 2011 on Spotify I don't know why the same song same same everything except the title is different and that's (laughs) Like, that's it. But, yeah, check it out. It's just weird sometimes. Yeah, neither but,
1: one of us ran across any reason why in our
0: recent What, to go listen to it again? Oh, oh um, why was it um, different? Why was it different? Labeled something yeah, different? Yeah, yeah. You're right. No, no, nothing.
1: And maybe if you're a Bruce Springsteen fan, you'll like these guys, but...
0: Yeah, I, I okay, fair enough. If you're kind of into that whole E Street, Van Sant sound, uh, you, you like that music, yeah, okay, you know what, fair enough. Give it a go. Yeah. If you don't, don't you're going to fucking hate it. Yeah. So.
1: We both Dislike yeah, it yeah, yeah. a lot yeah okay I give it one out of five only because I like the cover
0: yeah uh, one out of five because uh, I mean I can appreciate the musicians involved yeah and, uh, and
1: that's that's a given I guess yeah like we can always appreciate that
0: the it's just not
1: a sound for us yes
0: yeah, it's not a, so one for one out of five for me too and it's definitely not something I'll ever not 1.5 one out of five. Oh, sorry yeah and it's nothing we'll re- revisit ever again so. no No, no. Okay. uh, Southside Johnny Down. Get away from that one. Oh, now here's one that caused a huge problem. Even doing the research on this one got me going. So let's (laughs) let's talk about this.
1: Okay. ABBA. Arrival. ABBA are a Swedish supergroup formed in Stockholm, Sweden in 1972. The group's name is an acronym for the first letters of their first names. They became one of the most successful acts in the huh. history of popular music.
0: I always thought it was about like song or writing structure, ABBA. Nope. Oh, okay.
1: Nope. Uh, in fact the guys names are Billy and Bjorn.
0: Bjorn, yeah.
1: I can't, I the ladies names I don't remember. And they were two married couples apparently. Yes. In the beginning, until success got the better of them. Yeah, until they all started. yeah. Then they fell apart. Uh, They became one of the most successful acts in the history of popular music, topping the charts worldwide from 1974 to 1983. They won the Eurovision Song Contest in 1974. Mm -hmm.
0: Um, It sounds just like the shit that would win that contest. It does, because
1: after the Will Ferrell movie came out about Eurovision, we became really interested in who past winners might be, so we found... We found a video on YouTube that went back to the beginning and uh, showed little snippets from each one of the people who had won. Yeah. And yes, they are pretty typical.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, this gave Sweden their first win in the contest. They're the most successful group to have taken part in the competition. Arrival was their fourth studio album released in 1976. It became their most successful album to date, producing three of their biggest hits dancing queen money 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 and knowing me knowing you yeah arrival was their best selling album in 19 was the best selling album in 1977 in the uk and was certified gold the album was included in robert Dimery's 1001 albums you must hear before you die
0: <laughs> uh, Sorry. <laughs>
1: yeah that makes me <laughs> it's go 1001 play- it- one
0: albums to listen to while you're being murdered
1: yeah, this, that made me, in my mind go places, it shouldn't. Do. Yeah. Very dark, dark places. This album reached uh, peak position at number 20 on the U.S. Billboard charts, and it went to number one in Australia, Holland, New Zealand, Norway, Sweden, U.K., and West Germany. Uh, year-end charts show it at number 27 on the Canadian charts.
0: Oh, yeah, and no question, it was a hit.
1: Yep. So the producers, Benny Anderson and Bjorn Yolovius?
0: Yeah. Uh, yeah, the other guy in the band. So
1: the two male members yeah, yeah, of the yeah, band. Yeah. The, two, the, the two husbands. And I'm
0: pretty sure that one dude is dead. Oh, I don't know. Uh, Bjorn, I'm pretty sure. Oh, no, I don't know. Okay.
1: Okay, tra- track listing. When I kiss the teacher. Dancing queen. My love, my life. Dumb, dumb diddle. Knowing me, knowing you. Side two is money, money, money. That's me. Why did it have to be me? Tiger and Arrival. The place, the playtime of this album is thirty three minutes and nine seconds. Oh, hold,
0: sec. hold on a sec. That is only that album's only thirty three minutes. Holy fuck!
1: I know it sounded. It I like, thought it was. It I felt thought, like thirty three hours. I
0: thought it was like at least a, a fifteen minute, like a full album. Wow, only thirty three. Yeah. Holy shit! That's the longest thirty three minutes, not ever, but pretty close. Cool. You'll, uh, you'll never get it back. Oh my god! Sorry, baby. Oh my god.
1: Uh, for context, this this made me laugh. Yep. I had to I had to had to actually go look. For context, the Before album was released in 1975, and it was called Greatest Hits. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, it's this album is said to be their most successful to date, and they yet a, they put out a Greatest Hit album before it even came out. <laughs> so I went and looked, and I don't think I recognized more than one or two songs. Sure and we have reviewed that album. Oh, and I'm pretty sure. But
0: no, 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 no. I think I think you're getting confused. The one that we reviewed was a compilation by uh, by KTEL.
1: Oh. I, that wasn't
0: an, that wasn't an official release. That was a KTEL collection.
1: I thought it was the greatest hits. Because
0: I'm also going to reference that for something.
1: And um, we couldn't find, a, you know, hardly a greatest hit to be found on it. Yeah. The after album was called uh, released in 1977, called ABBA the Album. Oh, Jesus
0: Christ. Yeah, I actually I just want to mention that we were saying there with uh, the K-Tel collection. When we were listening to that one, I thought that it sounded so shitty because it was a K-Tel collection. It was just a bunch of songs from different, just thrown together on the thinnest piece of vinyl that you could find. And I thought, okay, maybe when we get to a real ABBA release it'll sound better. It does not. Oh. This, this is one of the biggest problems I have with this album. Besides the fact that I already hate ABBA was this album's mastering sounded so fucking bad. It was off-putting. It was just almost unlistenable. It was no bass, no low end, no mids. It was just all high, screechy shit. Tinny shit. And I, I honestly can't believe it. This album is in fucking great condition. Why does this sound so bad? If I would have fucking bought this album as an adult back in the day, I would have taken it back and shoved it up whoever sold it to me's ass. I and mean, be like, don't you dare sell me this fucking garbage fucking waste my needle on this I crap. could
1: never imagine you buying an Abba album.
0: No, no, no I, I couldn't. But it was a, a theoretical. Uh, so the album starts off with a song called uh, You when had I Kissed the Wicked teacher. teacher, which is a song about young Abba being sexual predators towards their teacher. And then they seem proud of it. So right away, we're like these Swedish fucks are trying to get after their teacher. Already a bad start. <laughs> I don't like where this is going at all. Uh... <laughs> Uh, it belongs on the Garbage Heap of Music History with Disco um, was so okay guys I'm not even joking and you can hear it now it made me so angry it actually fucked up my day yeah like yeah. it actually fucked up everything that came after it because this was so poor yeah. and I will say quite a bit of it has to do with the mastering of the sound I fucking hate it anyway but it was like is your ACDC that's what it, yeah. that's the that's yeah, yeah. that's the equivalent it's just like it's fingernails across a chalkboard yeah. and by the end of that 33 minutes I was so mad. That oh, I had yeah, to he listen. I was ranting to that. around the house. I was. Like, I was just like.
1: Stomping and <laughs> fucking mu- muttering ABBA. I fucking hate under his ABBA breath.
0: at the best of times. It's such garbage. It's just such poppy nonsense. So can, but, but what made it worse was the quality, the mastering.
1: Yeah. So, there. You can never, never question my dislike for ACDC again. Uh-huh, I'll say that. And with this album, I realized that. I like ABBA songs, but my limit of ABBA songs like is the, one.
0: The hits. Like a few kind of poppy hits you have in movies, And it's only one at a
1: time. I can't listen to more than two.
0: That's bullshit. Well, you like the movie Mar- Muriel's Wedding.
1: But it's not the full songs, and it's in the background. Yeah. And yeah, I've never seen Mamma Mia. That's another ABBA. ABBA.
0: Oh, it's soul-sucking soul, soul when you have to listen to it in a constant shot. It yeah, it,
1: it was by the end I was, you know... I was very much like you. It was just like I, I had heard enough and please let this be over.
0: Yeah, they all sound the same. And I like it's just like, see? Screechy. Screechy white people bullshit. Um, screechy, screechy, and like screechy. I said, once again, it would have been a better experience if that Soundmaster was just, if there was any other to- tones in there other than high pitched, it would have been better. But uh, okay, so I guess we'll go on to me. Uh, Arrival. So I guess
1: a lot of people in the world like screechy music.
0: I guess I because don't it know why they. So much. Would, yeah, I don't understand why. Like that sounds so shitty. Why are they mastering albums so shitty?
1: I know, and it always reminds me of that scene in the movie with, um, Matt Damon where he's on Mars. Mm. Oh and yeah, that's right. Yeah, yeah. The only album that he's got from one of the other people in that was this ABBA song, and he was. Questioning her <laughs>
0: sanity. I would rather listen to The Quiet of Mars. <laughs> yes. Forever. You. Yeah,
1: yeah,
0: yeah. Me too. Me <laughs> too. Uh, so yeah, Arrival. ABBA Atlantic Records. A catalog SD18207. Canada 76. Uh, this is an original pressing. Uh, there's a, there is a label variation with this one. Uh, with a quality quality records uh, label Q under the under the catalog number. And a printed sleeve with lyrics. Uh, condition, uh, you know what, <clears throat> other than a bit of a condom ring, we got the covers in very good condition, sleeves in very good, the vinyls are very good, the audio is very poor, bad mix. Fuck that mix. I people, It makes such a difference when you're listening to these albums, to, uh, even if you don't like it. And you know, I, I don't like any of these, I couldn't recommend any of these songs, but... I don't know if I had to pick if I had to pick one on here that was the least shitty. God, not least shitty, it's not even. If it was a good mix, knowing me, knowing you, would probably be the better one on there. But there's because there's like some good guitar and shit. But you can't hear, you can't feel any of it. It's just lost. Um, yeah,
1: it's it's very cold.
0: Yeah, cold flat. It's flat It's not mics. warm at yeah, all. No. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's, that's a good way of putting it. It's cold. Yeah. Uh, so cover design and layout concept by. I'm sorry about these names right away. I yeah, but they're I'm all Swedes. Swedish, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Ola, Ola Lager, and I'm sure I'm saying that wrong, and Rune uh, Soderquist. Um, you
1: did pretty good.
0: And actually his name turns out to be just Eric instead of Rune. I'm sure it's something else. But uh, so Ola, uh, Swedish photog, worked with ABBA from 74 till 79, has 77 credits to his name. And outside of ABBA, none of them are anything you guys would know, just like, just super Swedish Um, artists that yeah not familiar at all so uh, Eric or Rune I'm sure I'm saying these all wrong sorry Canadian eh Uh, is a Swedish designer best known for designing ABBA's logo and all album covers between 76 and and 86 as well as set design for two of their tours 42 credits to his name all of them are ABBA except for some other Swedish acts that don't know and no one knows do they even exist who knows and that's it for me
1: all right discogs has 11 for sale from five dollars 492 people have this version 91 want it 3.6 out of 5 with 50 ratings the resale value on this album is two dollars five dollars and 68 cents and 12 dollars and 50 cents
0: i'm really surprised at the 12 yeah me too there's so many copies of this fucking thing out there.
1: And just for the record, we were talking about uh, what, a, what other album we had reviewed or talked about was ABBA, the story of ABBA. And oh. It was a K-Tale. It was a K-Tale. Yeah, yeah. Okay, that's what I thought, yeah. So those are the two so far. Yeah, weird.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, hmm.
0: And actually, now that I think of it, I think that ABBA compilation that we listened to actually had more bass. I'm, yeah. I, I, anyway, sorry. I, I know I, I keep repeating myself. I keep getting hung up on this, but it's really important when you're listening to music that it sounds good.
1: Yeah, and this did not sound good.
0: No. Okay,
1: so, I give it one out of five only because Dancing Queen's on this album.
0: Yeah, zero out of five. Burn it down. As soon as we're done here, I'm going to fart on it and set it on fire.
1: <laughs> garbage, All right.
0: Garbage heap. Okay. That's... You're... Sorry, that's down. And we moved on. we
1: no more ranting about this one.
0: Uh well, there's going to be a little bit because it kind of spills over into this one because I was just already so angry that we had to listen to it that uh, I think Seals and Croft got a shitty shake but uh, whatever, let's go.
1: Okay, Seals and Croft's greatest hits. Not a lot of al- or not a lot of information about these guys.
0: Which is surprising.
1: Yeah, because they so did were, like, a few pretty albums, pretty well known, even yeah. I
0: know like they're kind of around a pop culture. It's weird that yeah, so little. Okay.
1: Seals and Crofts were an American soft rock duo made up of Jim Seals and Dash Crofts.
0: That also surprises me, as I thought they were Canadian. No. Yeah, American. obviously not. I don't. I don't know why I thought they were Canadian, but yeah, okay. They
1: formed. They got together in nineteen sixty nine. Uh this album was released in nineteen seventy five. Mm-hmm. It was their ninth album. It was a compilation. And the album went to number eight in Canada and 11 in the US. The songs on this album come from their previous four albums before uh, Summer Breeze, Diamond Girl, Unborn Child, and I'll Play For You. All songs were written by Seals and Croft. The um, producer was a guy named Louis Shelton with 104 producing credits to his name. And mostly all I could find was England Dan and John Ford Coley, which holy shit, for me, that was a big flashback. Mm. Um, I remember those guys from back in the day, but I don't remember. Oh,
0: really? And I listened
1: to them, but I don't remember what uh, what they're about. And Seals and Crofts. So basically he did all of his producing for those two bands. The track listing. When I Met Them, Diamond Girl, Hummingbird, Castles in the Sand, East of Ginger Trees. Side two is I'll Play For You, Ruby Jean and Billy Lee, King of Nothing, Summer Breeze, we may never pass this way again. The runtime on this album is 38 minutes and 3 seconds. Um, for context, the before album was released in 1975. I'll play for you. The after album was released in 1976. Get closer.
0: So, what do you think about it? You go. If you go. I start out ranting the last couple. So
1: I really like this album. Um, for me I'm a sucker you, for you those like the, Crosby Stills, Nash and Young. Like the singer songwriter harmony,
0: singer songwriter, yeah. yeah, harmonization. Uh yeah. yeah, and you listened to this one, you had a lot of like, memories attached to these songs and it was in your kind of in your wheelhouse, so
1: Yeah, and it brings like it's another one of those time and place albums mm-hmm. where it, there was yeah, some very prevalent things going on in my life. Yeah. Around the time that this album came out and um it was on the radio all the time. So Um, yeah, I liked it.
0: Well, what I'll do is give it credit because it was the best sounding album of the day. I thought it had been mixed and and sounded the best, the the good sound field, good separation, clear voices, you know, had some bass in there. It didn't just sound like am radio so
1: and the voice like their voices are okay they, they meld very well together oh yeah, I don't, and...
0: they, they, they sound good for sure yeah yeah and if people want to go check it out seals and crofts uh this is the greatest hits summer breeze you know the fucking song yeah um uh, if not go listen to it uh for me it's this is the problem like i can recognize that and i can recognize how how it sounded good and shit but coming off of abba i was already checked the fuck out like you we talked about in the last segment it's just like I'm, I'm off on a on a tangent here <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: i'm just like everything is fucked up i had to listen to that and then seals and croft come along and just like it just delivers kind of and a, you're w- like no no nope. <laughs> fuck that <laughs> so like right away i have just had enough of it and i just tuned it out right I'd like i know i know a couple of the songs so i don't like I'm not listening to it it's not going to set me back thanks like, uh t- well, definitely "Summer Breeze," but a couple of the other ones sounded somewhat familiar as well, well from and the radio thing radio play. This one
1: is uh, no saxophone.
0: No sax? I give him credit for that. Okay. But I'm just, i for me, I'm tired of the '70s singer songwriter. It, it all sounds the same. It could be Simon and Garfunkel, Seals and Crofts. It all just—it's a big mushy ball that I don't give a fuck about. Uh, but I do feel bad because I did get a shitty shake um, after being after ABBA, and that's really the reason they got the shitty shake. I still wouldn't have liked it, but it probably would have been better. Yeah, um, but like even like listen, you guys don't understand. Going back to the ABBA album, you guys don't understand. Even when I'm researching it, I had to put some fucking heavy metal on just to offset. How angry! <laughs> and you guys are thinking, oh, heavy metal, mate. No, that shit calms me down, and I don't listen to that when I'm listening. If I have to deal with the album, well, and
1: it's it's doom doom metal too, or sludge metal or something too, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, either it, one, doom and sludge yeah, metal.
0: Yeah. yeah, and what's funny about that too is it's also a Swedish band. It's because yeah. we love Swedish metal. Yeah. It's just other shit that I don't like. Monolord. Anyways, it's really good.
1: Yes, I like them too.
0: And so I had to put that on there just to try and clear up to do this. <laughs> do this recording. Or it would just be me fucking burning the earth down. Because of his, ABBA.
1: To clear his headspace.
0: <laughs> uh, so yeah, greatest hits. Seals and Crofts. Um, Warner Brothers. <laughs> catalog. B.S. 2886. I didn't get it. It's really BS. That's what it gives it. Uh, Canada 75. It's original. It's also a compilation. Uh, cover is very good. Actually, yeah. It's like...
1: Yeah, Yeah, very yeah, good. it is pretty good.
0: Uh, printed uh, sleeve is printed lyrics. Printed with lyrics is very good condition. The vinyl is also very good. Scratch and, and scuff-free. And like I said, the audio is actually pretty good. Full. Good feel. It's more what the other ones should have sounded like. Uh, design and Photography by Tom Wilkes. Now, Tom, who's been on the show previously with Janis Joplin's Pearl, renowned American art director, and I'm pretty sure he's done other shit he in our He did the collection. cover of this? Yeah.
1: It's okay. They're all
0: just standing in the desert, in, like, the one of the outside L.A. or something, just, yeah. like, in the flats.
1: With, a, with their guitars and a...
0: And, like, a music stand. A
1: music stand.
0: Yeah. Um... Yeah, and I know that he's... I'm pretty sure he's done more uh, than just Joplin on our show, but uh, world Renown, okay. So art director, illustrator, photog, writer, has 317 credits to his name. The Turtles, Captain Beefheart, Carpenters. Honestly, the list is really impressive, the artists that he's worked with and doing covers for. Uh, just trying to say... Uh, yeah, oh, sorry, the last complaint I'll make about this album, too, is... Um, this this happened other times too. It reminds me of Steely Dan, Steely Dan quite a bit, where they have a greatest hits and it's like, how the fuck can you consider as a greatest hits because you have like two good songs on there? You know, maybe you should just wait before you start whipping out greatest hits. Make some. How about this? Get some greatest hits going before you make that album. Uh. Anyways, that is. It. Yeah, it's
1: funny because when I look at this playlist, I know we've listened to it already, and I was singing along quite, quite. Yeah, you don't. You know it. You know, yeah. Not every, that's <coughs> but the, cool. I see only like three songs on here that I recognize just by title alone that would be greatest hits to me.
0: Yeah, that's what, that's what I mean. So you have like you have one side, songs. you have one side that's greatest hits, and everything else is just like you know, somebody listened Some to them on the radio once. Sort of greatest yeah. hits. <laughs> they were requested one time on a call-in show. <laughs>
1: uh,
0: so yeah, Are we you going to wrap it up there. I wonder if
1: they take them by record sales when they put these put them on these. Uh, or somehow by ratings, I don't know how they would decide. I
0: don't. Back then, I don't know. I'm sure they have some metrics.
1: Anyways, huh. Discogs has twelve for sale from four dollars and ninety nine cents. One hundred twenty six people have this version. Six people want it. <laughs> no way. It gets four point eight six out of five Fuck. with seven people voting, and straight across the board resale value eight dollars.
0: You know, there's a lot of times I'm happy. I don't agree with people. I clearly don't. I clearly like main some quite a bit of mainstream music but all th- at the same time I'm glad I don't like a lot of mainstream music because people are like that abo gets like four and a half five stars this gets four and a half stars and it's just like fuck you guys yeah. <laughs> I mean that with love everybody um, what do you give it
1: three out of five
0: three because eh? yeah, yeah. You, got, you got something out of it yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm one out of five I'll give 'em I give it the one just because it was the best sounding album of the of the show um,
1: and you are Seals and Crofts as well. And yeah, I agree. Seals and Crofts, hands down, best of the three.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, the other two I hope never to listen to again. Other than maybe the odd time hearing Dancing Queen on
0: well, so the oh, thing we don't
1: even listen to the radio anymore. No, like, well
0: that's the thing with you and Spotify. It's like a lot of these bands we come up with, you'd rather just hear just like grab one or two of their songs yeah. from a playlist and throw it in a collection with something else.
1: I would never put I would never put one of these songs on a playlist.
0: No, no, no. Like, not anything
1: from ABBA. Never.
0: Um, But you know, like, what I'm talking about. Like, that's the way you're going to consume it. You're never going to sit down with it. It's just going to be that one or two tracks from a movie or something. Or something from the ABBA. You said Dancing Queen. But something also, too, that's got... uh, They're good for soundtracks. Because it's just... Well, yeah. I I think that's
1: why I... um, I mean, besides the movie was relatable to me in some way. Mira's Wedding. Mira's Wedding. Um... If it didn't have the ABBA music, I probably I would still like it. Yeah. So it just happened to be that's the band that they chose. You, you to. put a
0: million songs in that in those locations, yeah. and it would still just be as good. Yeah. So. Yeah. Okay. Anything you want to wrap up with?
1: Um, hmm. No, I don't think so. I think that pretty much covers it.
0: Okay. Yeah. Me too. Uh thank you, everybody, for listening, and uh, until next time. Bye.